Dan Daddy, the host of the Bill for the Trades podcast. Uh, today, we are recapping our interview or the interview that we did with Rachel Betterbid, the VP of Digital Marketing from Cole March. Um, we, we are going to pull out the emotional capacity and leadership. And I have um, my co-worker and um, also co-host today, Nathan Glass, uh, marketing manager here at Built for the Trade. So welcome to the show, Nathan. Thanks. Yeah, happy to be here. This is a topic I'm really uh, passionate about, so excited to get into it. I'm sure all the guys listening are like emotional capacity and leadership. Okay, I'm turning this off. You know, what I mean? <laughs> don't don't turn it off. And then their their uh, their their spouses or their you know they're probably like, hey, you should be, you should listen to this <laughs> topic, emotional capacity and leadership. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to diving into this. You know, in, the, in these recaps, we just you know, I, when I listen back to the interview, I pull out one one word or phrase, something that that really stands out. And I thought, you know, we haven't talked a whole lot about emotional capacity and leadership and what that looks like. So I am looking forward to talking about that. And before we dive in, I just want to remind everybody listening out there that our focus is to grow this podcast organically. And so if you could just subscribe, share this with a friend, somebody you know that would gain value in growing their leadership. Mm-hmm. And um, that would be awesome. So I'm going to start with the definition of emotional capacity. So emotional capacity is a measure of your ability to overcome limiting beliefs, your ease in adapting to challenging situations, and the quality of your relationships. No matter how talented, disciplined, or values-driven you are, if you don't have high emotional capacity, you'll fall short of your goals eventually. So let's dive in. Let's dive in, Nathan. Um, I'd like to just start with overcoming limiting beliefs and and your thoughts behind that. Yeah, man, there's a lot (laughs) packed into that statement. So overcoming limiting beliefs. um, The first thing I think is, you know, limiting beliefs, right? So if you, if you have a belief that something can't be done, then you will never even attempt to try it, right? That's why limiting belief is such a powerful thing. It's like this, um, this cap, this uh, ceiling that you're never going to go over. So you're never going to achieve anything more than what you believe you can achieve. Um, so <clears throat> that's why it's, it's really important to understand what your limiting beliefs are and start to overcome them. Or, or I almost think of it as expanding your beliefs. You're not so much like uh, eliminating a belief. You're just shifting your belief, kind of like a thermostat. If your thermostat set to 70, then and you want it to be 80, well, you need to shift that belief, shift that thermostat to 80. So if you want to achieve 80 degrees, um, so yeah, hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you do that? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, we are a product of our upbringing and, and, and our, and just who, how God wired us, but really a lot of it's our upbringing and who we surround ourselves with. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I could be a business owner who believes that, you know, I could only grow a million, a $1 million a year business. That's my belief. Right. Sitting next to somebody who thinks they can grow a hundred million dollar business. Well, what's the difference? Well, Probably the other person's a little more crazy than I, <laughs> first and foremost. But really, it's just it's just limiting beliefs. It's it's right. believing that you know what I don't have to know how I'm gonna get there. I just know that I, I just need to know that I can get there, and I'm willing to put the work in. And when you start to surround yourself with people who believe and talk like that, you really start to add more energy because um, it, it it comes to that surrounding yourself with the right people who give you energy, and also just turning off any kind of negative information coming into your life and start listening to podcasts and books and things that really help to build your knowledge. Yeah, and what that's doing, a good analogy I've heard is like your beliefs are like 
um, legs of a table. So if you want to take if you want to take down that table, right, you have to attack each leg of the table until the table falls, right? So it's the same with beliefs. You have a bunch of ideas that are supporting your belief that like I'm only a one million in revenue business, right? So you need to start, and that's what Dan's saying, like by filling yourself and surrounding yourself with ideas and and uh, people that believe that they can be, achieve a ten million or hundred million dollar business you're going to start attacking those legs. You're going to start attacking those ideas that support the belief that you have that you're only a million. So that's how you can, you know, kind of the, the practical part of overcoming limiting beliefs is identifying what your beliefs are and then start attacking the ideas, the, the quote unquote facts that you think support that uh, belief and replace those legs with legs that support a hundred million dollar business. That, I don't know if that makes makes sense. So you're sort of you're swapping out. You're you're attacking the ideas that support your belief about something, hmm. and you're replacing them with something else. And that's what Dan's talking about. By and you do that practically by first understanding what you believe, and then filling yourself with better beliefs, with with better ideas. Yeah, I'm thinking through that, and and uh, yeah, I mean, really, it, it, there's so many factors that come into play when you think about. Uh, what's supporting that belief mm -hmm. in your life and um, and going back to the people you surround yourself with if you have somebody there who believes in, in you more than you believe in yourself then obviously you can that can help to lift you right but um, one of those legs of why that is is because you're surrounding yourself with somebody who's that's right has limiting beliefs right yep. or uh, doesn't encourage you yep. um you know so uh, that, that's really good to think about that. You can really start to break that down and really start to overcome that and replace that with something bigger and better to help you help you grow in your yep. leadership. Uh, the next thing is adapting to challenging situations. Um, you know, it, it, when I was reading this and thinking about this podcast, I thought, you know, when it comes to emotional capacity, um, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is just uh, reacting versus responding. Mm. You know, and if I'm a, <clears throat> adapting to a challenging situation, and somebody catches me off guard and confronts me, you know, my normal emotional capacity is going to be able to attack back right. and react and maybe yell and lose my, lose my cool a little bit. Right. Get defensive. That's probably yeah. my, that, that, that could be my, my emotional capacity and leadership. Mm -hmm. Well, what is that doing? That's not only driving a wedge between you and that person, but that's, that's running people off. That's running good people off in your business and you're attracting more people who are just, you know, at the end of the day, everybody's just yelling and cussing at each other, you know, and, and nobody wants to be around an environment like that. I say nobody. There's probably somebody listening who's like, I love that, I, you know, but uh, yeah. So reacting versus responding. When yeah. I say that, Nathan, what comes to mind? Yeah. So I, I think of it like so um, someone who doesn't have a lot of emotional capacity, uh, which, uh, you know, used to be me, um, you you react. So what is that? So. A situation happens, right? And your first um, in, inside of you, you are feeling angry, you're feeling hurt, you're feeling frustrated, right? And then you you take an action based off of with those emotions sitting inside of you. You you don't think, you don't slow down, you just react, right? You just take an action immediately out of those emotions. Okay, so that's what someone with not a lot of emotional capacity would do. Someone with emotional capacity. Um, same same situation, the, you, same initial emotions, right? You feel angry, you feel frustrated. Um, but the difference is you pause, <laughs> you're patient with yourself and you start thinking, you, you, you recognize that you're having these negative emotions. You start asking yourself questions that will help you shift from, okay, 
you know, what, what don't I know about this situation, right? Like, what do I need to know? Um, what, what are the benefits of this situation? What are the positives here? Um, you can ask questions to shift you into a positive emotion or just simply time, just pausing, not reacting, mm-hmm. not taking an action yet, but internally, I'm kind of talking about the internal situation. And this might happen in five seconds, or it might take 50 minutes. It, it all depends. But the point is, um, someone with emotional capacity is going to going to sit with those negative emotions and they're they're not going to take an action until they've shifted out of those negative emotions. They've turned them into po- something positive or they've just let them dissipate. And then instead of re- you know reacting, they respond, meaning they take an action that's going to move them forward in a positive direction. And that's the point at which they take an action. So that's what someone with emotional capacity would do. And, and really, a, a lot of the difference is simply that ability to to pause yourself to to not just instantly take an action or say something but simply just sit tight you know be patient with it and let some time pass shift into something positive then take a positive action so that's that's kind of the difference mm-hmm. between someone without emotional capacity and someone with emotional capacity in terms of how you respond to situations okay yeah and i see it too as you know somebody who's very reactionary versus somebody who's not very reactionary mm-hmm. you know you could be on one end of the scale or the other um you know it, it's just sliding more towards the middle you know if you're very reactionary like you said you may pause for yeah. uh, just a few minutes you yeah. know and be able to respond properly once you see the other perspective and you really you really think about how to reframe that and then if you're the opposite and you and you tend to avoid responding period Sure. Then you, you also need to slide over. You That's know, right. that was a big part of my leadership for a lot of years was if I got upset about something and I let time pass, I would just naturally talk myself out of being upset about it. Mm-hmm. So by the time I if I if I waited to the next day to address the situation with a fellow team member, then normally I was I was I was it's all dissipated. Right. Because I've, I've had time to think about it, let it go. And it's and it's not always a good thing. You know, sometimes it is right because you're more you've thought about it, you're responding to it, but sometimes it doesn't carry enough weight. So for me and my leadership for a lot of years, I had to be more react, not not, I want to call reactive, but I responded quicker. Sure. You know, so if I knew that there was something that needed to be addressed, my goal typically was to address it same day. Yeah. But that's just my personality. Right. Um, People listening out there could be completely different than that. So. Uh, shifting on, um, we, we talked about a little bit about quality of, of, of the relationships, but John Maxwell's got a great, a great quote here. He says, uh, the emotion that you continually feed is the emotion that will dominate your life. Um, what comes to mind whenever you hear that quote, Nathan? Mm. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of going back to what you were saying a minute ago, like whatever you're feeding yourself, whether that's through the people around you, the books, the you know, shows you watch, watching the news. You know, um, all of that is feeding, is, is giving you some some emotion, right? Yeah. Music obviously is very emotional, is giving you some emotion. The news, news is filled with fear, <laughs> right? That's why I would highly recommend limiting the amount of news you watch because it is only negative. Um, and you honestly don't need most of it, right? Two minutes of news is generally enough for everybody. Um, but yeah, those are all those things are feeding your emotion, just like, you know, it's feeding you information and ideas and everything else. It's also feeding you emotions. So if you're continually fed with negative stuff, well, you, you're going to be negative. Mm-hmm. It's just a natural reaction to that environment. So, so yeah, the, the big trick here is just change your environment, change all the things around you. What are you listening to? Who are you with? All of that. Yeah. And, and, and another thing that comes to mind when I think about the emotion that you continually feed, um, you know, if I'm angry about 
something that's happening in my life, I could go to somebody who feels, who shares that same anger towards that same specific topic. Right. And now I'm, I'm surrounding myself with that person. And all I'm doing is fueling the fire mm -hmm. for that anger towards whatever that situation is. Right. Yeah, so that's right. it's also good to have a diverse, a diversity of opinions yep. and be able to hear those things and respect other people's opinions as you're navigating through your leadership. So, um, so I wanted to share the audience just five steps that they can take away really leaving today's podcast to grow in their emotional capacity. And uh, number one was, it's a really good one. Like think about where you're at in your leadership capacity, like where you're at currently. And uh, the way you do that is you just think about what it is you've achieved to date. You know, whether that's, you know, it's your family life, it's you're managing an apartment or you know, you, or you're owning a company and leading a company, whatever it is, like think about what you've achieved to date and then think about why it is that you want to uh, grow. Because as you take on these, these next four steps, there's going to be times where you're going to be like, you know what? I, I liked it, the old person I was before. <laughs> it was so much more comfortable. I don't know that I really want to grow in this emotional capacity stuff because, you know, that person that I'm just going to respond to, um, they're really an idiot. You know, and I really don't, I really don't respect them and I don't want to deal with it. And I'd rather just get rid of them. You know, you're going to fall back to that, but you got to realize that that's not going to help you grow to where it is you want to go. Yeah. And we were talking about this before we started rolling, but I see in the same way that, you know, wherever you want to take your business um, at each level of your business, just like you need, you know, new um, each level of your business requires, you know, maybe more trucks, more people, more equipment, kind of the physical, tangible things. It's also going to require a different level of emotional capacity. Each as you as your business gets bigger and bigger, you're going to have bigger and bigger challenges. And those challenges are going to require a different level of emotional capacity for you. Mm -hmm. So it, it really they really just go hand in hand with with growth of the business, growth of yourself. Yeah, man, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, it's the definition that's, of insanity, right? That's right. That's right. So, yeah, number one, determine why it is you want to grow because you're going to need to, you're going to have to fall back on that as you yeah. get out of your comfort zone and you start to grow. But number two is evaluate and upgrade your peers if necessary. You know, do they make me better? Do they challenge me? You know, do they encourage me? Are they my biggest cheerleaders? You know, they're willing to tell me things that other people aren't willing to tell me. Right. So that's number two. Yeah. If, if you have people around you that don't believe that you can achieve what you're trying to achieve, then they're going to constantly be tacking you and dragging you down. Well, as you probably already know, right, like achieving your dreams and your goals is hard enough. You don't need people around you dragging you down. So, yeah, that, that's a hard one. But, um, uh, you know, uh, most successful people, as they move to different levels, end up needing to change their peer group at each level because their peer group often is not growing at the same rate and dealing with the same challenges as you are. So, uh, you know, just know that that's normal. That's a normal part of the process of moving, you know, moving up is that um, often, yeah, your peer group is going to change too. And that's okay. Yeah. I think about the old wisdom, misery loves company, right? That's right. Yeah. So if you have those people in your life, you need to, you need to, Evaluate, upgrade. That's right. Know, edit, edit that area of your life. All right, number three. Edit what you take into your mind. Change out negative information with growth, growth focused books and podcasts. Um, you know, I think about that. I think about you know, it could be a radio show that you listen to. It could be a, a television series you're watching. It could be movies you're watching. It'd be so many different things. But yeah, I mean, the the, the most successful people that I know invest in 
intentionally listening to podcasts, intentionally listening or reading books yep. and uh, really uh, applying what it is they're learning. Yeah, I think that the practical step here is just like the next time you're listening to something, ask yourself, how does this make me feel? And does this serve me? Is this helping me achieve my goal, right? Or the next time you watch a TV show or listen to the news or whatever it is, right? Or a person you're around, just ask yourself, like, is this, do I feel better after that interaction? And um, do I feel more encouraged? And, and if not, then then drop it. Mm. Find something better. That's good. Uh, I guess that means we can't watch the news at all anymore. Not pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> all right, number four here. Uh, upgrade your words. You know, replace I want to do this with I will do this. Or, you know, I think this will work with, you know, this will work. Or I want to try this with I will do this. You know, like th- those those little transitions and upgrading your words, it, it like, you know, you know, I want to try this really is telling me that, Hey, you're thinking about doing it, but you're not really going to do anything about it yeah. with, I, you know, I will do this. I am going to do this. Right. I am going to put my, my, my effort into this journey of growth. Like, you know, um, so that's what comes to mind when I think about upgrading your words, anything else come to mind for you, Nathan, when you think about upgrading your words? Yeah, it, it's a big one, right? Cause your words really are a reflection of your, of your thoughts, of your belief system. So when you start paying attention to your words, you're really starting to tune into what you actually believe. Um, and a lot of us have stories in our heads for, for you know, um, yeah, what what we think we believe. But so so starting to listen to your words and tune into those and then upgrade them can be extremely powerful. Um, it, it, and I kind of think of it as integrity, too. If you really want to take the idea of integrity to uh, its extreme, really you know, saying something and not doing it is not integrity, right? So true integrity would be whatever you say, you think, and you do, right? All those things are in alignment. Um, So if you're constantly um, saying something and not following through, or, you know, someday I'll do this, someday I'll do that. um, You're, you're sitting, you are basically not being um, true to yourself. You're not being true to yourself. And eventually like, so what you're doing is you're degrading your willpower (laughs) and and your, your strength and your ability to go out and accomplish big goals. So um, when I first started through this process, the first thing I did was started to listen to my words and I realized how negative they were. And my next step was to stop talking so much because I realized (laughs) how much was negative. And until I could start to have positive thoughts and positive words, I just stopped speaking as much. And, and maybe maybe you need to go through a period of that, and that's okay. Um, it, it's worth it to to begin to upgrade your mind and your words to align with what you really want to achieve. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, I I also think about you know when you not only upgrading your words and your confidence, but also the people that you're leading, mm-hmm. um, upgrading your um, your words to them and believing in them and believing that they can overcome whatever challenge they are facing. Um, is 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 huge. So yeah. you know, not only applying this to your own own life, but also the people that you lead, um, uplifting them and believing in them more than they believe in themselves is important. Yeah, I think of it like if if you, you know, whatever level that you believe something, you're going to be able to impart that kind of level of belief in that at maybe you know fifty percent or twenty five percent to to someone else. If that makes sense, right? So, like, if you don't really believe in something, your your chance of getting someone else to believe that and your team to believe that um, is going to be very minimal. Like, if you barely believe in something, you're like, yeah, you should probably do that. Well, 
they're going to they're going to feel that and they're going to take a very small percentage of that belief with them right so that it's not going to amount to anything so in other words like you need to have a really high level of belief in something if you want any amount of that to transfer to your team yeah it's influence influence, influence that's right all right so number 5 take action start small mm. repetitive action every time trumps big action that is short lived so, yeah, you, you listen to a podcast like this, you take these five steps, you think, oh, I'm going to do all this. Like, I'm going to start listening. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read 20 books this mm-hmm. month and I'm going to listen to 1500 podcasts. And, <laughs> you know, I'm going to I'm going to close all my bad friends out of my life instantly. Yep. Like, you know, um, all these things are going to help you grow when you're in your emotional fasting, your leadership. But what I'm asking you to do is just is figure out what it is you can do repetitive consistently over time. And just start small. Maybe it's that, you know, your goal is to get to where you can read 20 books a month. That's, that's kind of crazy, but maybe somebody wants to do that, right? But yeah. just start with one. If you're not doing yeah. one, start with one. That's right. Do that over time and and really start to apply that to your life. And uh, you're going to see a lot more return on your investment versus trying to do it all at once right. and then realizing that you don't have the capacity to do everything at once. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You- Really, what you want is for these to become new habits. So, you know, start start changing one habit at a time. And then over, you know, over the months and years, like those will stack up and you'll have big wins. Cool. Number one, think about where you're at in your leadership capacity. Why do you want to grow? Number two, evaluate your peers. Upgrade if necessary. Number three, um, edit what you take into your mind. Number four, upgrade your words. Number five, take action, but start small. Um, repetitive tasks over time is going to always trump trying to do everything at once and it not being sustainable. So um, yeah, here both of the trades, you know, when it comes to surrounding yourself with peers that support you and encourage you, I can't help but to not talk about our mastermind groups here. Yeah, that's really, you know, one of the big reasons why we love the mastermind. It is a, it is a group of peers that are all working on upgrading their mindset, improving their emotional capacity, and by surrounding yourself with those kind of people, you're you're going to go along uh, with that journey and, and get that level of improvement and upgrading um, that the that your peers are getting. Awesome, yeah. So if you're interested in checking out our mastermind groups, um, you just go to buildfortrades.com and you can apply there uh, to come check it out, be a part of it, be a part of the community. Uh, but once again, in closing, um, you know, this podcast is all about growing, developing leaders out there in the trades. And so if you like what you hear, please subscribe um, and also leave us a review because it helps drive our organic growth over time. So, Nathan, anything else in closing? Yeah, we love we love reading your reviews. Thanks for listening.